0: The Dr. Taz Show, the podcast Dr. Taz, Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, where you know we are determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. And this is definitely a time for reclaiming and recovering you, especially after all that we've been through in the last year. Joining me today to talk a little bit about that and about how to reverse the clock, especially after all the trauma, is Dr. Janine Kraus. Dr. Janine is a naturopathic doctor and acupuncturist who specializes in anti-aging medicine by helping her patients improve their health and reverse the signs of aging by focusing on nutrition, mobility, and stress reduction. Her unique approach to wellness is simplifying natural medicine and healthy habit formation, so important there. She is also the podcast host of The Health Fix, where she is dedicated to empowering people to take charge of their own health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Janine. I'm calling you Dr. Janine, I hope that's okay, but welcome to the the show. I just that, that naturally came off the tongue there. We are happy to have you here. And sort of, as I said in my introduction, I think that recovering, passing through the feelings of trauma, kind of going into this next year, carrying the lessons we've learned from the previous year and how that all impacts aging and inflammation and all these concepts, I think is something I really want people dialed into. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do and how you sort of fell into being so fascinated and so interested in aging and the aging process.
1: Well, you know, I fell into it really because I'm going, okay, I'm getting older. I better do something. Like, things are changing, right? My, my joints don't feel, you know, as Lucy and, and juicy in the morning as they used to, you know, they're kind of crunching more and stiff. And so I started to think, okay, I better get on top of this and what better a time to get on top of it and practice a lot of things myself and see what works and then implement it in my practice. So that's kind of how it all fell together. And then I also started to notice that as a pattern would change with someone. So say they had a baby, say there was a divorce, say, you know, What 2020 happened and we're all working at home, you know, all these different patterns and changes in life. I started to realize, hmm, there's something about when we are stressed out and the pattern changes that we kind of fall off the rails of taking charge of our health and taking care of ourselves. So I figured I got to, I got to connect into this and help folks reconnect to going, okay, what worked in your, in your routines? That was great. And what wasn't working and how can we fix these things?
0: Well, that is so important because I do think that aging sort of is a highway and you accelerate down that highway when traumatic and stressful events happen you can see in our presidents right maybe not the current one but in past presidents you could see where they would enter office and where they would exit office and there was such a visual change you know in the in that in that time frame and then you look at them like 4 years later and they look so much better what is happening why do we age and what speed we know we're going to age we're not lying you know we're not you know immature we know we're going to age So why do we, what speed up that aging process? What accelerates it? What reverses it? What should people be thinking about? We should be thinking about a couple of different things. And and if we take it down to the minute
1: level, we're looking at what are the cells doing? And the more that we beat up on them with eating junk food and staying up late, not sleeping and different other toxins like too much alcohol, things that we use to cope with life, we're going to be stressing out our, our mitochondria. And so all those little nano engines in the mitochondria get worn out over time. So what I usually will explain to patients is that your cells are just starting to get tired and they're not able to detox. They're not able to take energy in like they used to, and they're not able to do the, the things that we could do when we were younger. So the, the all-nighters with pizza just don't seem to roll <laughs> off the, the gut like they used to.
0: Well, tell us, so some people listening may be like, what is the mitochondria? How many syllables is that? How do you spell that? What, what would you say to them? Paint them a visual so they can really understand that, that word a little bit better. Sure.
1: Every single one of our cells has a factory to help us make energy and to detox. And mitochondria are those guys. They help us do the energy thing. They help us do the detox thing. And that's what they are. And they're in most every single one of our cells. Not all of them, but almost every single one of the cells. And that's what. So, we,
0: so if, would you say that aging is all about the mitochondria? It's really that's where if we have to narrow it down, that's what we really need to be thinking about. You know, I wouldn't say it's all about that. I think it's all about our habits and how
1: the habits have an impact on ourselves. in in that level. I mean, we could go down telomere routes and all that, but I think, you know, too, too much. I'm, I'm really kind of wanting folks to look back at really your habits are what age you. Well, let's not
0: not leave the telomere thing, because I think some, some people that listen really want like the geeky sciencey stuff that, that we love, So the telomeres, you know, and we did this in practice for a while. We're not doing it anymore, but there was telomere testing Mm -hmm. to sort of say how fast or how rapidly you age, you know, with mitochondria, with telomeres, draw that connection for us. And then let's backtrack back to habits because ultimately at the end of the day, the habits are what is determining everything, but maybe draw that connection to telomeres for us for a second.
1: Sure. Sure. So the more that your body is building up, let's put it this way, toxins or we could say free radicals, things of that nature, the more we're going to have some DNA damage. And so we're going to be depleting our, our chromosomes. And, and so the small, minute DNA that we have within our cells. So the more that you are doing things like drinking too much, staying up over late at night, eating in excess, these are things that are going to be overloading your cells in your factories, the mitochondria. And as we keep overloading, we're going to start causing some damage to the telomeres. And so meaning we're causing DNA damage, we're starting to degrade our internal blueprints of our our genetic makeup and how we process things.
0: And there is testing, as I mentioned, that sometimes can measure that. Do you think that testing is reliable where it looks at telomere length and says, hey, you're aging great or you're aging too fast or whatever else it has to say? What do you think of some of that? I don't love it. I yeah. really don't because I think there's a lot of
1: other factors such as routines, things, that, you know, we could turn it around where some of the testing, I had patients get the testing and they're yeah. like, oh my God, I'm dying tomorrow. Right. And so you would see that like trauma response going like, I'm everything's terrible. I'm just going to let it go. I don't find it
0: 100%, you okay. know, the case. I feel like you can turn some things around. I don't feel well, like let's talk about that then because I know that's what you're real passionate about. Let's talk about these health habits and how they impact aging, uh, what's the connection there? And what are some of the habits that we really need to be more cognizant of if we are interested in slowing down the aging process? Sure, sure. Some of the things are really basic. And it's really going to
1: looking at sleep and wake cycles. So circadian rhythms for the folks that want to geek out a little bit, Mm -hmm. looking at when you wake up, when you go to bed and having a consistent routine on that. Because if we're not doing consistency, meaning we're all over the place, that's a stressor to the body. Same thing goes with not having regular meal times. I will have folks look and go, are you skipping a meal? And sometimes the skipping of meals can stress the body out. Mm -hmm. Now, intermittent fasting, all that, we'll keep that off to the side for right now. That, that's a whole nother story. And it can fit into your routine to help you with anti-aging. It just depends on what we're working with, but right. looking at the basic routines of sleep and wake, but then also looking at the basic routines of what are you doing to have fun during the day? What are you doing to put yourself in parasympathetic mode? Because mm-hmm. we mostly live in a fight or flight society and we keep ourselves just like, go, 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 do, do, do what's next. What's next. What's next. covid kind of put a wrench in a lot of the what's next things, but also put a wrench in what people are like, now what do I do? I'm not super busy. Now I have to feel, you know. (laughs) So when we're not super busy and we have to deal with our thoughts, it's also needing to go back into parasympathetic mode a little bit. So I'm looking at routines, habits, like what what do you do around meals? Are you standing at the kitchen counter and not sitting down and relaxing? What are you doing around bedtime? Are you staying up on the screens? Most people have heard about the the effect of the blue light on our brains, but a lot of people are like, man, does it really work? I don't know if it really affects me, but it really.
0: Well, um, what would you say are some of the things that we need to put into place? You know, most like if you had to do a priority list, what are like the top three things? So sleep you mentioned is something, and it sounds like we need to get our phones out of our rooms before bedtime to kind of go into that parasympathetic state. Parasympathetic state, guys, by the way, is sort of where the body's in more of a relaxation mode. That's where healing happens. That's where our heart rate slows, our respiratory rate slows, our gut has an opportunity to rest, or pituitaries have an opportunity to kind of reboot and um, sort of reclaim themselves, so to speak. How would you describe a parasympathetic state? What are things that people could observe about themselves to know that some of the habits they're doing are putting them in a parasympathetic parasympath- state? So. Habits that would promote parasympathetic
1: state would be ones where you feel really relaxed. Now, not alcohol-induced, not drug-induced. I have to say that, of course, first and foremost. But when you're feeling really relaxed, you're you're reading a book, maybe. And you're feeling that your shoulders that normally are up at your, your ears have come down. That's a really big sign that you are in a parasympathetic state. One of the things I have people often do that I learned from a pal of mine is do a yawn, like a big old yawn. Most of us. Yeah. Ah, Ow. (laughs) Opens the jaw, but it shoulders down yeah, and stretches your jaw. We might need to work on some, some, some work on that jaw there. Yeah. Um, But a lot of times I'll have folks working to look at what's happening in your belly. Does your belly make a good, happy sound versus a loud grumble sound? There can be happy sounds in your gut and, That sounds really weird and and whatnot, but it means that you're in a digesting state. And so your belly's like, hmm, kind of making noises like that versus the Mm -hmm. grumbling. So those are some of the ways you can look at it. But typically I like folks to kind of check in with the muscles. If the muscles feel like in the shoulders feel like they're down. Now we've, we've hit ourselves into a parasympathetic chill state.
0: I like that. That's something I don't hear about very much is that your muscular sort of wherewithal is really what we need to be looking at when it comes to, are you in a parasympathetic state or not? Interesting. So what are some of the signs that stress is taking over your body and you might be damaging your mitochondria and not being in parasympathetic state for long enough? What are some of the most common signs and symptoms that you see?
1: Well, if we go to the muscles first, shoulders start to become your earrings and you're rolled forward. If I do a little demo of myself we're rolling the shoulders forward and the neck starting to go out, that is a big sign that you are what I call armadilloing, meaning you're trying to protect yourself from an imaginary bear or prey. Right. You know, and, and this is natural. What happens to us when we start to become extremely stressed? The next thing that is, is pretty common is oftentimes we'll start to see, and this is definitely with aging, we'll start to see that foods bother us mm-hmm. or we're thinking, do I have multiple food sensitivities? Do I don't, do I not digest food? Well, maybe we're getting more acid reflux, those kind of things that can be some of the signs that we're having some trouble as, as we're getting older, but also kind of stress effect. I also find that folks will have issues in terms of mobility of the joints too, in the back. and upper back as well. Cause that hunched forward shoulders up also takes a lot of pull from the mid back. Mm-hmm. So some of the symptoms might be that you've got mid back to low back pain. Maybe you have hip pain as well. Now, granted that can be from sitting too much, but I do tend to see that we've got right. a cascade there as well. So
0: you're a big one to look at muscle tension, posture, areas of pain as early signs, or would you call these early signs of aging? Is that what you would call that? Wow. Okay. Absolutely. And so are there any other early, because again, most of us are wired to think, well, my hair's falling out or my skin looks bad, or I have a wrinkle or I'm gaining weight, right? Those are some of the ones that people latch onto most. Obviously, are there other early signs of aging that you think people might be missing those whispers that the body gives us? And we often ignore Yeah. I guess you added gut health to that. So gut, what your gut's doing. So that's another one. Um, What else would you add to that list? Sometimes some unexplained dizziness,
1: unexplained balance issues also can be related. If we've ruled out anything neurological, this can also be a sign that we're starting to get a little stressed and the body, the nervous system's not coming back into balance. Same thing goes with dry eyes, dry mouth. Now, yes, there's autoimmune conditions. Yes, there's other things, but we're looking at the parasympathetic nervous system helps keep our eyes lubricated. It helps keep the mouth nice and lubricated. And so if we're starting to see those things happening, we're going, hmm, we might be missing out on having enough of parasympathetic tone in the body, meaning enough time in parasympathetic mode.
0: Well, you're a naturopath, correct? Do I have that right? And I'm a conventional physician. So my community would start to, as these symptoms develop, start to medicate each of these symptoms, right? So you've got back pain, take this, you've got dry eyes, do this, you've got, you know, a posture issue, here's something to do there, you know, so we would medicate. How is the natural, and again, I'm in the integrative world, so obviously I'm not doing that, but I'm thinking of the typical patient's journey through our system. How is the naturopathic world a little bit different when people start coming in with these early complaints? Is it like, oh my gosh, you're stage one aging, Here's what you've got to do, you know, so sort of what happens in that scenario where someone doesn't have a disease yet, right? We're not to the point of declaring disease, but we are where the body is starting to shift and change. How would a naturopath handle that? A couple of different ways. I'm going to do testing always because
1: I don't like to, in my state of being a naturopath, I don't like to throw random things at what's going on with a patient. I want to know for sure what's going on. I like micronutrient testing from Mm -hmm. spectrocell to look at what's going on in the white blood cells in terms of nutrients and antioxidants. So folks who are listening, this is a blood draw type of test that's looking specifically at nutrients. So selenium, vitamin B6, for example, things of that nature. So vitamins, minerals, and also antioxidants to see where the levels are at. Because a lot of times we're going to find that we're starting to decline on certain things with with certain symptoms. So say someone's gaining weight around the abdomen and mm-hmm. they haven't changed their diet. They're a little bit more stressed out. We're going to find that possibly they might be low in L-carnitine mm-hmm. the amino acid, or we might find that alpha lipoic acid is lower, which is an amino or sorry, an antioxidant that declines with, with aging. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a big hallmark of one. And there might be other things that we, we will find in that case. So I'll look there first I also might consider based on if someone has gut issues as well, an organic acids test to see if we've got some bacteria, yeast, some types of metabolites showing up with issues. Now, I also might look in the direction of hormones if someone is perimenopausal and having some symptoms like insomnia, hot flashes for a female or male's libido, decreased energy production, um, fatigue, also losing muscle mass too. So it depends a little bit on what the specific symptom is. If it's just pain, I am going to go more towards the micronutrient testing mm-hmm. and then start to look a little bit at amino acids as well, because we're looking on the level of how depleted might glycine, because we blow through glycine when we're stressed out. And if someone is older and has been an athlete or is currently working out a little bit more, likes to bike or do things of that nature. I'll often look at glycine as a possible factor for why the muscles are staying tight more than just the magnesium and other things. Interesting. Like. Gotcha.
0: So with a lot of these different testing, a lot of the testing you're doing is very familiar to me as well. And we're trying to rule out things like hormone imbalances, inflammation, um, mitochondrial dysfunction, all of those type of things. For folks that you know may not have access to this, type of testing, or just simply want to begin a protocol or regimen that is focused on the mitochondria, focused on some of the key concepts around aging, and they're trying to get themselves into that parasympathetic state, you know, what would you say is a good checklist for them to follow? Maybe a couple of things that they should be doing consistently. So first and foremost, I'm
1: always going to look at the circadian rhythms. Mm-hmm. If you- not sleeping well, we got to
0: dial that in. That's- So to define that, define, so I'm going to get in trouble, but define sleeping well. I hope my husband's not listening because he swears that that will be my, that will be my downfall, but define not uh, sleeping well. So not sleeping well is waking up
1: multiple times during the night to have to go to the bathroom or just waking up and the mind is racing, yeah. going and, and whatever it's telling you. Or I do have people that have night terrors, And that kind of situation is also a not sleeping well situation. Now, if you're wondering about sleeping, we have the sleep apps. I don't believe that they're the greatest. I like the aura for the best situation, but also getting tested for for sleep apnea can be a whole nother issue. But defining sleeping well is not waking up multiple times during the night and getting at least six to eight hours a night of sleep. I am in the camp of believing that Some people do need a little less than the eight standard. Some people need a little bit more, but if we can test and look at how's melatonin, how's Mm -hmm. saliva cortisol, you know, if those are looking good and someone's sleeping six hours a night, okay, that's them. Okay. So getting getting rest where you are actually staying in bed, sleeping and not waking up multiple times, either to go to the bathroom or whatnot. Gotcha.
0: Okay, so sleep and then- uh, after sleep, what would you have people pay the most attention to? You said gut is gut health still on the list as number two, or is or not so high up?
1: No, actually, gut health is, and that's why I look at the different meals and seeing what folks are doing. I take a lot from Chinese medicine in this aspect because of my acupuncture background. Yeah. I think thought on, huh, what's going on around meals. And a lot of us don't really sit down and take the time to like rest before a meal and then actually engage in eating, but we're also not looking at what's in the food. So point being is that if you're having trouble digesting, so a lot of people will be like, Oh, I burp all the time. That's normal. Well, maybe, maybe not. I pass gas a lot. It's stinky. It's, it's like every day. I'm looking pregnant at the end of the day by three to six months. Um, that's not good. We've got, right. some, got some issues going on. So those are things to start looking at. And also noticing if you start to not tolerate a food very well, it gives you a stomach ache. You have more acid reflux. Maybe you vomit. Maybe you get a rash. Rashes are extremely common as we get older. And, and figuring out those is a chore.
0: But. Uh. Definitely. I've seen a lot of that in practice as well. Okay. From the gut, where do we head next? We're trying to boost these mitochondria. We're trying to reverse aging. We all want to look 25 without any surgery. Where do we go next? Next is is movement
1: and getting circulation going in the body because part of aging, if we look at it, Chinese medicine wise, they'll talk about deficiency of chi, deficiency of blood. Mm -hmm. And you can translate that to borderline anemia or something like that, or you can translate it to deficiency, cheese, fatigue or adrenal issues. But ultimately, if you stop moving or slow down in moving, you become more sedentary, you're going to age faster because your metabolic processes like your mitochondria, those factors in all the cells don't work as hard. And we all know the saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. So keeping your body moving, and I talk about mobility, I talk about fitness a lot in my practice, and it doesn't mean you're in the gym powerlifting or running marathons. It's more making sure that everything moves okay. If your neck's locked up, why? Is your back locked up? Why? Do your hips not move well? We gotta get that circulation going. If you don't have the good circulation, we also have issues, Chinese medicine-wise, in the different channels with energetics and qi, and that's a whole nother
0: thing, but. Movement. I love that stuff. I have a back. I'm an acupuncturist as well. So I have that background. I think it's fascinating how they connected flow and movement and energy to physical disease and emotional stuff and all that stuff. So I, I, you're speaking my language there. I love that. Let's do one more. So, you know, we're paying attention to movement. Let's do one more tool to stay in a parasympathetic state where healing occurs and to keep aging at bay. Give us one, maybe one more thing we could do.
1: Think fun. Because so many of us think because we're adults, we in adulting, we can't play yeah. and play can take on so many different levels. And ultimately I have folks every single day that are in my practice. You have one thing you can do for fun. I want you to do it. Doesn't have to be for an hour. Doesn't have to be for more than a couple minutes, but that helps us to put us in parasympathetic mode
0: because we're actually doing something that we enjoy. I love so, that. So. Yeah, we don't make time for fun and we should create a fun budget. It seems like just as much as we do the rest. Now, before I leave you, I do want to talk a little bit more about the mitochondria. Are there foods that support the mitochondria? Are there supplements that you would recommend for the mitochondria that you've seen work in practice?
1: Sure. I'll start with supplements because it seems that with the mitochondria, we have to help folks to be able to digest food better and get it into the cells before we can get. The maximal effect. So, if someone's struggling right now and knows they have mitochondrial fatigue, as it's as it's termed, you guys, that might be something that you've heard out there, or you're just starting to notice the the signs of aging. I like CoQ10, Mm -hmm. and I like to to use it at anywhere from 100 to 300 milligrams. I also like to inject it based on where someone's at in their practice, which sounds probably super crazy to a lot of folks, but I will do a lot of CoQ10 recovery after severe illnesses, things of that nature. And that's a whole, we can talk about that if you want more. But 100 to 300 milligrams orally of the coenzyme Q10, I also like to use NAD. So nicotinamide, riboside, all of those in that whole category, there's NMN, there's True niogen, which yeah. is my favorite product. Yeah. And I'll use them together to, to get the mitochondria back up
0: and running again. Gotcha. So True is, CoQ10, NAD, all oral. Do you ever do, so when you're injecting CoQ10, are you doing uh, intramuscular or are you doing IVs? Okay. Intramuscular. Intramuscular.
1: Yeah. I I would love to do IVs. I just never got my certification. Yeah. It's weird. I'm an acupuncturist, but IVs wig me out a little bit.
0: I get it. I get it. And then what about NAD? Have you ever done NAD IVs? Not IV or or injections injection. Yes, you are doing the injections. And what are you seeing a lot of benefit with the injections? We get a lot of patients with, you know, chronic fatigue and muscle pain and brain fog and those type of things. Are you seeing a difference there? I will in the beginning
1: for when someone's really, really depleted with the injections. I I usually see more result there with Perfect. the injections before I can get the oral to work because we've got to work on the gut and and absorption and things of that nature but I do see I do see quite a bit of benefit in in that case for sure.
0: And one thing you didn't mention which surprises me you didn't mention glutathione because I'm a huge fan of glutathione you don't use that for mitochondrial support? I do. I do. I actually will use N-acetylcysteine okay.
1: sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um is it my go-to? Some it's sometimes part of the combo. I do for some reason, NAD and CoQ10 seem to be my go-to's. But yeah, I will use N acetylcysteine in that form because um, of the taste and flavor of the glutathione. A lot of folks are, it's a little sulfury for those of you yeah. who are listening. So it's a little funky. Um, yeah. So I will tend to use NAC, but not as much as the CoQ10
0: and the NAD. Gotcha. All right. Well, we have covered everything from habits to cellular function, and you've got some resources to help us in this process of delaying aging, finding that parasympathetic state, healing. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So I have a free course. It's called Manage Stress Naturally. And I'm taking all the basics that I've talked about today, and they're in little snippets of videos of me chatting and talking about how you can do all of this without supplements, Looking more at diet, looking more at your basic routines. Now, of course, someone might need a little bit of help eventually. That's where Dr. Taz and I come in. But with the course, you can get a very good baseline of what you need to do to work on managing your stress naturally so
0: you can reverse those crazy fast aging signs. I love that. Well, hopefully, this helps everybody out there who is looking for some starting steps in terms of recovering from the year we've just had, delaying aging, reversing it. Remember, aging is. On a highway, we do have a certain amount of control over it. And so understanding how our habits match to cellular function and then in turn match to concepts like inflammation, leaky gut, and disease is really important. I feel like many of us trip over all those words as we're trying to explain them to patients, but I'm pretty passionate about making sure everybody understands that because that ultimately will keep us all well. Dr. Janine, thank you for joining us today. If folks want to reach out or connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that?
1: Sure. On Instagram, I'm Dr. Janine, J-A-N-N-I-N-E Kraus, And you can also find me in my Facebook group, which is Find Your Health Fix on, of course, just said Facebook. And then
0: my podcast. <laughs> there we go. That's okay. End of day. There we go. So on the podcast as well, The Health Fix, and that's available everywhere. There are podcast, I'm assuming. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking time out to join us. I appreciate it. For everybody else, thank you for watching and listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, which is also on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify. Remember, if you post a review, you get a free bottle of Boost. You just have to email me, hello, at drtaz.com with the screenshot, and we'll send it over to you. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Remember to rate and review it and share it with your friends, and I will see you guys next time.